0: as we get started, I'd like to remind you of something that I've said many, many times. That is this, is that you're either going into a storm or you're in a storm or you're coming out of a storm. And what I'd like to share with you today is this, is that we're all in a storm together right now called the coronavirus. And that storm has had side effects on all of us. Matter of fact, there's many that's had a physical issue because of the storm, and that is physical sickness because of the virus. There's many that had relational issues because of the virus, because we're all crammed in the same quarters. Uh, kids are at home, and, and there's, we're together more, and there's tension in the air. And then there's also the emotional side of this, to where the fears set in, like, is this ever going to get better, and anxiety. And then there's also the financial concerns that we have about will I lose my job or maybe you have lost your job. And so all of those things have caused turmoil on the inside of us, which we call a storm. And today I just want to share something with you that I believe will help you cope in this storm and I I call it giving you hope in the storm. And this statement is coming up, and I want you to say it out loud with me. We're going to say it many, several times through the message today. So would you say it with me? It's coming up on the screen now. Let's say it together. You ready? Come on. When I put my hope in God, God puts hope in me. Let's say that again out loud. Wherever you are, if you're in your bedroom, your living room, it doesn't matter. Let's just say it out loud again. You ready? Come on. When I put my hope in God, God puts hope In me, and that is so so true today. I want to talk to you about having how to have hope in a storm. I shared this, uh, that title a couple weeks ago, but we were talking about Jesus at that point and a storm that he was going through with his followers. Well, today I want to talk to you about a storm that happened to another person in the Bible, and we call him the Apostle Paul. And a matter of fact, just so you know who he is, he's a guy that God used to write the majority of the New Testament. And so he was a very spiritual guy, but he found himself in a storm. We find this storm in Acts chapter 27. The whole chapter is about this storm. And what had happened was that Paul had been arrested, and he was on a ship with prisoners, and he was being shipped to Rome to stand trial for his, his crime was that he actually was proclaiming the name of Jesus, and so that's why he was a prisoner. But in the, on the way to Rome on this ship, all of a sudden, a storm come up like a hurricane. It was called a nor'easter, but it was like hurricane. And it was one of those times where the hurricane come, and it didn't leave. It was a very slow-moving storm. And so it went on for days and days and days and days. Just like many of us feel right now with this coronavirus. That it's going on for days and days and days. And in the middle of this storm when that happened, everybody began to lose hope. And God sent an angel to talk with Paul and assure him that he was going to get them through the storm. If everybody would just stay with the ship, they would get through the storm. And so today, I want to take three principles that we learned from the story and the experience that they had to take them to our lives today, and we're going to embrace these today, and we're going to find hope in the midst of our storm. So I want to share those with you. So let's get started. Remember, we're talking about how to have hope in a storm. The first thing I would like to share with you is this, is number one, is readjust your priorities. Readjust your priorities. Now, look what happens here. The Bible says this in Acts 27 19, it says this. The following day, they even took some of the ship's gear and they threw it overboard. In other words, they had spent a night on the ship. Now, picture this with me. They're in the middle of the ocean being tossed around with huge waves, and the boat is about to capsize. And so they decided after going through that night That they had to do something and so they decided that they would take some of the the ship's gear and they would throw it overboard because they like, you know what, this is not priority. We don't have to have this and they threw it into the sea. And what I'd like to tell you is that storms in our lives many times make us get rid of stuff in our lives that we should have gotten rid of before. It makes us evaluate our priorities in such a way to where it makes us say, hey, you know what, I really don't need this in my life. This is really not good in my life. There's another passage that is in Romans, actually Hebrews 12 and 1, and it says this, look at what it says. It says, let us throw off everything that hinders And the sins that so easily entangle us and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And so the Bible says that we have to get rid of some stuff in our lives. The things that try to trip us up, try to weigh us down. Now, again, I want to be transparent with you. About 10 years ago, I had what was called temporary insanity. And the way you know that is because for some reason someone convinced me to sign up for a half marathon. That's crazy. Just in case you don't know what a half marathon is, that's you running 13.1 miles, 13 13 miles and one-tenth. I mean, that's crazy. Who would do that right in their right mind? Well, for some reason, I signed up. And before then, the longest I'd ever run was like maybe three miles without thinking I was going to die. And so sure enough, I began to to train for that uh, half marathon, and it was happening on uh, Thanksgiving Day. It was was called the Atlanta Half Marathon on Thanksgiving Day. I remember rolling up to to the side and to the road where we would start running in Atlanta near the old stadium. And when we got there, the streets were filled with people. There was 12,000 people that was going to run that race that day. And so I get into, I notice it's cool that morning, and, and I'm getting in the mode to run. You know, I'm thinking about, okay, i got to have this pace. i got to make it. i got my earbuds in. I, I'm listening to music, and, and I'm thinking, okay, I can do this. And so we begin the race. And as we begin the race, running, you know, everybody's starting to find their own tempo, and there's people that, you know, started way ahead of me. But I notice when I get to the uh, two-mile marker, about the two-mile marker, the strangest thing I've ever seen in my life. There was a little patch of woods over off the street. I mean, I'm not thick, just a little bitty patch of woods in the city of Atlanta that people were running into to lighten their load using the bathroom. I was like, are you kidding me? I mean, out there in front of God and everybody. I'm like, whoa, what are they doing? And then, and then I, I continued to run, and, and I got to about mile marker number four. I was thinking, I remembered it was cool that morning, and I started seeing people's clothing. They started taking their, our, their jacket, actually taking their jackets off, and they were on the side of the street. They were lightening their load so that they can continue to run. As I went on, as I continued to run, I, I got to about mile marker number 6, and I remember seeing the people's like shirts that they had had on, the overshirts. All of a sudden, those clothing were starting to lay around there because people were getting that off. They were lightening their load so they could run. And I, finally, I got to mile marker number 10. I will never forget mile marker number 10 because that's where I thought I was going to meet Jesus. I thought I was just right there. I'm going to die right here, right now. I'm dead, you know, because I was just out. I thought, I can't. I don't know if I'm going to make it. If somebody called 911. I was just like, oh, I'm going to die. And the reason that, uh, that I remember what I'm about to share with you so vividly is because I was having that experience. All of a sudden, a person come running by me as my tongue is hung out. You know, I'm like, uh, how am I going to make it? I seen this foot come by me not someone in a shoe no a barefoot. I seen a bare foot come from me land on the ground this leg come out that had nothing on it okay so there was no, no shoe on no pants on no shirt on the dude was running in his underwear I thought man if that doesn't beat all he had really lightened his load and the reason I share that with you is because as runners, you want to lighten your load. And many of us right now are in this storm, and this storm is happening in our lives, and we have to learn to lighten our load. And some of us have been praying for a long time, God, take this off of me. But I'm trying to tell you that, that you, some things you can't just pray, God, take off me. You've got to throw off yourself. And there's some habits that maybe that you've had that right now in the middle of the storm has come to your attention that you've had some time to think about it, that God's saying, no, you need to throw that habit off. I I can't do that for you. You have to do it. You have to to throw that bad habit off, that bad spending habit or or that that, uh, temper that you have. You've got to learn to throw those things off. And I would challenge you to do that, is to throw those things off. One of the things that happens when we throw things off is that we tend to make declarations, commitments. Do you know that's why Jesus said that when you uh, receive him that you should be baptized? That means going publicly in front of people and stating, I made a decision to follow Christ because I'm laying down my old life and i am taken up the new life. And so what I would challenge you to do is said, why don't you in this storm make a decision right now that you're going to make a declaration? If you've come to Christ and you've never been baptized, why don't you make a decision right now that I am going to do that? And I want you to know at SEC, when we come back together, we're going to schedule a, a baptism, and it's going to be a big baptism. You know why? Because we're going to ask people that are making declarations right now that are recommitting their life to Christ that they would be baptized. You know, Ron and I got rebaptized about four years ago. We went to Israel. We got baptized again in the Jordan River. You may be saying, Pastor, how many times can I get baptized? I say as many times as you want to. If you're making a recommitment, I want to challenge you to do that. And so I want you to go ahead and, and just decide right now. If there's a next step on your connection card that just simply says, you know, I want to get baptized, rebaptized by me because I'm going to do the rebaptism. And so, matter of fact, last week I turned 52 years of age. I know you can't tell it. I hear, the, I hear you laughing behind that camera. Is that I want you to know that uh, I want to baptize you. So if you would like to get re-baptized or baptized for the first time, I personally want to do it. So just check that box or message me or email me. Whatever you like to do, we will get the message. Okay, so we're talking about, remember, having hope in the storm. So number two, would you write this down? Uh Uh-oh, I forgot to tell you what we're going to say again. Ready? I almost forgot. I don't want you to forget. Here it is. It's coming on the screen. Let's say this together. You ready? Come on. When I put my hope in God, God puts hope in me. Say it again. You ready? When I put my hope in God, God puts hope in me. He puts hope in me. Okay, so let's go to number two now. Number two is re-examine your thinking. Re-examine your thinking. Remember in our story, okay, uh, the Apostle Paul and, a, and 276 people are on this boat, the storm's rocking and reeling. It's been going on for days, just like the storms that we're in. It's been going on for days. And they're tired of it, and they don't think that they're going to make it. So they're having to re-examine their thinking. Listen to what Paul says. An angel has come to him and talked to him. Look what he says. He says to the man, so take courage. Notice that, take courage. For I believe God, it will be just as he said. Notice that. Take courage. I believe God. One of the things that I would challenge you during this storm is you have to take courage. Courage is not automatic. Do you know what courage is? Courage is moving ahead in spite of fear. It means that, you know, well, well, I'm going to be courageous when I don't have any fear. No, 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 no. Courage is moving ahead in spite of fear. It's not giving up. It's not throwing in the towel. It's like, no, I believe God, so I'm going to just put one foot in front of the other today, and I'm just going to take a step forward, and I'm going to believe God's going to be there. And if God provided for my family today, I believe I'm going to have the courage that he's going to provide for my family tomorrow, and I'm going to keep doing what I know to do. That's what courage is. And if you're discouraged today, I would ask you this question. Who stole your courage? Because to be discouraged means you've allowed something or someone to to steal your courage. And I would just be very, very transparent and say this. The news media, if you watch too much of that, you will allow them to steal your courage. You allow that to happen. It's amazing to me how many people feed their fear. You know, if if just hearing this coronavirus scares you, then you should not be watching the news 24-7. It's amazing to me how many people that have an issue with anxiety and fear and they're just glued to the news. That, my friend, will discourage you. I want to challenge you today to stop that. Take courage just to give you some hope, because the the, the news media will make you fearful and hopeless. But to give you some hope, I want you to know, Dr. Ben Carson said that 98% of the people that contract the coronavirus will live. It will not take their life, so you don't have to be afraid. 98%, that's a great percentage, so you can relax a little bit. It's amazing to me, in Hebrews... 10 and 23, listen to what the, what the scripture says. Let us hold on firmly to the hope. See that? That's the amazing part. The hope we profess because we can trust God to keep his promise. Amen, everybody. Amen. Matter of fact, if you're on social media right now, you may just want to type in amen because I, that is so true. Paul said, take courage because I believe God. And that's what I want to encourage you to do, is take courage because you can believe God. Now, what is very interesting to me is that we just celebrated Easter a couple weeks ago. and And when Jesus died on the cross and he rose from the dead, the first thing that Jesus did when he met his followers again was that he did something that was pretty unique and pretty interesting. So let's look in John's Gospel and see what it is. Look what it says, John 20 and 20. Jesus showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. The first thing that Jesus did after he was resurrected from the dead, when he went to his followers, is he said, Hey, guys, look. Look at my hands. See the scars in my hands? Look at my side. See the scar in my side where they put the spear? You see that? What was Jesus doing? Jesus was showing his scars in a, that he may show his, share his testimony. Let me say that again. Jesus was showing his scars that he might share his testimony. What was his testimony? He was saying this, listen, God got me through that, and God's going to get you through what you're going through. In other words, when we seen his scars, we knew that God had got him through what he was going through. And I just want to challenge you today to let that be a reminder to you that your scars will help you get through what you're going through. It reminds me of a, of a story of my father. Several years ago, my father, uh, I remember him telling me that he was praying about a financial issue that he had, an expense that had come up that he didn't have the funds to cover. And he said, Jeff, I'm just praying about this, and I'm just believing God's going to ta- help me get take care of this. Well, time was rocking on, and, and his time for paying that uh, was coming to to the deadline, and he said, you know, one uh, day he went and sat down at the Waffle House with my stepmother. They were having breakfast, and the lady, the server, come over to adjust the blind, and when she did, she accidentally uh, somehow pulled that, and the blind come down and cut my father right in the forehead, hit him in the head and cut him. He had to go to the uh, emergency room, and they had to bandage his wound and and I think put a couple of stitches in in his head. And so the people of Waffle House ended up calling him. And they said, "Uh, Mr. Dawes, we want you to know that uh, we are very sorry for what happened to you. And uh, Dad said, that's all right. I understand it was an accident. It's okay. They said, well, just to say we're sorry, we want to send you something. And so they, when they sent it to him, my dad got a check. And that check was the exact amount that my father owed. Isn't that amazing? Today, every time that my dad looks in the mirror, he has a reminder because of that scar that's on his head that God got him through what he was going through. You know, my father had always told me this. He said, Jeff, you know what? He said, I want you to know I don't know anything about stocks, and I don't know anything about investing. He said, I've just made my investment every week in the offering plate with my tithe and offering, and I've trusted God. And I have this scar on my head to remind me that God will always get me through what I'm going through. Listen, I don't know what scars you have. Maybe it was the scars of divorce where you've been through a divorce and you got the scars. But you don't hide those scars. Those scars are a reminder that God got you through what you was going through. Maybe you was, maybe you was being being bullied in the middle school or high school, and, and you have scars on the inside that nobody could see, but those scars are a reminder that God got you through what you was going through. You know, maybe you had to file bankruptcy at one point because you had a financial crisis, but I want you to know that scar is a reminder that God got you through what you was going through. And what I'm trying to tell you, the scar of the coronavirus that'll be on our lives in a few days, we will be saying, God got us through what we were going through. I want you to know every everybody that God's going to get you through what you're going through. God's going to get you through what you're going through. That is a good place right there for you to to say amen. You can type that in. You can put the little funny face up there on social media, whatever you want to do. But I'm telling you that God's going to get you through what you're going through. God's going to get you through what you're going through. So I have a next step I'd like to share with you. I want you to do this, just like Jesus. It says this, I will share my scars to share my God story. That's what Jesus did. He came out and said, God got me through the, the grave. It says, I will share my scars to share my God story. Would you do that on your connection card? You can check that box, or you can just type it in, whatever you want to do. Because God is going to help you share your story. Okay, on the screen, remember, let's say it one more time. When I put my hope in God, God puts hope in me. Again, say, come on, wherever you are, say it again. When I put my hope in God, God puts hope in me. And that is so true, so true. Okay, the third thing I'd like to share with you, how to have hope in a storm is this. Look at Acts, uh, or, or number three is this, is renew your faith in God. Renew your faith in God. This is so critical. Now, remember, we've got to go back into the ship. They're on the storm. It's rocking and reeling, and, and, it, and they're all, they've gotten, some of them gotten sick, and, and so, you know, it's like they've lost hope. It's like we're going to die here. This is never going to get any better, just like many of us may be feeling right now. And notice what happens here. Paul begins to say, he says, Then the sailor tried to abandon the ship. They lowered the lifeboats as though they were going to put out anchors from the front of the ship. So what they were going to do, what they were doing was they were acting like he was going to put those anchors in the sea. But actually they, was going to, they themselves were going to get in the lifeboat. And they were going to try to save themselves. So they... wanted to abandon the ship. You know, isn't that what happens in a storm? Is that many times we want to abandon our faith. Isn't that so true? Like the natural thing to do is say, well, God's not showing up. I've already prayed one time and He's not showing up. So I just, you know, I just don't believe anymore. When we get into a storm, we want to abandon our faith. And sometimes that means that we do things we're tempted to do things that we should not do. We're, pimple, we're tempted to get go and be around people that we should not be around. We're, we're tempted also to, to go places that we should not go. We're tempted with all these things when we get in the storm. And many of you right now, you are being tempted with things you haven't been tempted with in a long time. And I want to challenge you today, don't abandon the ship. Don't abandon the ship. Look at what the next verse says, verse 31. But Paul said to the commanding officer and the soldier, unless these men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. Now is not the time to abandon the ship. Now is the time to renew your faith in God. Let the storm draw you in and not make you say, well, there's got to be another lifeboat. I know, you know, I just need to drink a little more. I need to just party a little more. I, I need to just, you know, maybe spend a little more. Whatever it is that you usually go to, to cope, cut those lifeboats. Stay on the ship with God. Let's say it one more time. You ready? It's coming up on the screen. Let's say it again. You ready? When I put my hope in God, God puts hope in me. When I put my hope in God, God puts hope in me. One of my favorite passages that I like to read, especially in the time of a storm, like we're in now, is found in Isaiah 40 and 29. And listen to this passage because it has power in it. Look what it says. It says, he, talking about God, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Does that sound like you? Maybe you're a little weary. Maybe you're feeling weak right now. Even the grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Did you hear that? God promises strength to those of us that keep waiting on him, keep hoping in him. Keep hoping in him. Remember, when I put my hope in God, God puts hope in me. It's strength for your soul. It's strength for your mind. It's strength for your life. I love the analogy of the eagle because I think that many times in our lives when the storms come, we forget that God's called us to be eagles. And what happens with many of us is we become the opposite. We become chickens. You know what a chicken does all the time is a chicken just goes around the barnyard and it's got its head down all the time, and it's peck, peck, peck. It's just trying to scratch, 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 trying to find some food. And it's saying, oh, I'm worried. I'm worried about this. Oh, I'm, I'm worried. Will I have enough to eat? Is there enough to eat? And it's constantly scratching around, got its head down. It's n- a chicken is constantly negative. This is never going to get any better. Peck, peck. Oh, you know, I think this virus is going to take over the world. Peck, peck. I think this virus is going to end our economy. Peck, peck, you know, and this is going to be it. Peck, peck. All time, it says that all the time, chicken. And when the storms come, you know what the chickens do? They, run to, the, they tr- run to the chicken coop, old habits. That's what they do, old habits, old lifeboats. But an eagle, God has called you and I to be eagles. The eagle does the exact opposite. When the storms come, the eagle doesn't get out of the storm. It has to face the storm just like the chicken does. But the eagle, instead of it blowing its head down and letting letting the storm maybe push it down more to the ground and, and feel overwhelmed, the eagle raises its head and it, and it puts out its wings. And the winds of adversity blow hard against the eagle, too. It feels all the wind the chicken feels. But instead of it letting it drive it down, 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 deeper into depression, deeper into anxiety, deeper into, oh, what if, it, it, it lets it raise, the winds push it up. And it makes it go higher and higher and higher. And in the middle of the storm, you know, the eagle, the wind is pushing the eagle higher and higher. It's embracing the wind. It's strong. They feel it, but it's going higher. And the eagle begins to see things that it never saw before. And the eagle begins to sense things that it never sensed before. And it begins to experience new heights that it never experienced before. It's seeing new grounds to hunt. It's seeing new new sights it never saw because it's gone so much higher, the adversity pushes the eagle higher where with a chicken the adversity comes and it just pushes it lower i'm telling you today that god has called you to be an eagle christian in the middle of this storm right now, yes, you're feeling it, and we're all feeling it right now. We're all struggling a little bit right now, but we're going to stretch our arms out and our wings out, and we're going to say, God, you've got this, and we will not be afraid. You give strength to the weak, and Lord, our hope is in you, and you said you'd renew our strength, so we're going to we're going to leave our, our wings out, and we're going to soar like the eagle, and we realize that, that God is using this storm to take us to new heights, and he's showing us things that we never saw before for and listen just in a few days when we get on the other side of this storm we're going to say God thank you for the coronavirus because it changed me on the inside it made us a better family God it made us better at life and it showed us that you can get us through what we're going through in Jesus name everybody in Jesus name God is going to get you through what you're going through there's many of you that are, that are watching now, and, and you, that you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And everything I said sounds so good, but you haven't experienced it because you don't have the Savior inside of you. Listen, before you can be an eagle Christian, you've got to be a Christian. Make the choice. And so today I want to challenge you to do that. Because I care about you. And I love you. I want you to to have the best. So right now I'm going to pray a prayer. And friend, if you will do it, and you mean it in your heart, then you're going to experience the Savior. And you're going to experience that wind that's going to take you up. It's called His Spirit. So right now, I want to pray this prayer. And if you want Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, then you just pray this prayer with me. Dear God, I come to you right now in the name of your Son, Jesus. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins, and I believe you rose again on the third day. And today, I need you to save me. I can't save myself. In Jesus' name, amen. If you did that today, if that was your prayer and you prayed it with me, there's a number coming on the screen. I want to challenge you to text me to let me know. The Bible says that you should share it with someone, and maybe you don't want to share it with any of your friends or family right now. Why don't you share it with me? If you just text me at that number, and you just text the word SAVED in your name, what I'd like to do is I'd like to send you a book. It's called The Next Steps. I actually wrote this book for you, and I'd like to send it to you free. I'm just going to send it to you. If you would just send me your name and your contact information, I'd like to send this to you, and I just want to say welcome to God's family. Now the rest of you today, maybe you're there, and you need to be renewed today. You know what? I want you to just pray god, I'm sorry that i've 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 tried I've almost abandoned ship, but forgive me, God, and Lord today i want to I want you to renew me, I want the hope to renew me. I want your hope, God. When I put my hope in God, God puts hope in me. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net, and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.